0: If it's happening in high school sports, we're talking about it now on the Prep Spotlight featuring WNSP's Pigskin Pete and color analyst Brian Gennard. An hour of all prep sports on 105.5 FM, online at WNSP.com, and on the Sound of Mobile app, the Prep Spotlight, brought to you by Edward Jones Investments. Now, here are Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. Welcome into the Prep Spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pigskin has the night off, but uh, I was lucky enough to talk Corey Labonte into hanging out with me for a few minutes on this first segment so we could talk a little high school basketball. Man, we've got some teams that are getting ready to make Final Four runs next week and excited about those teams, and and we're going to have a chance to talk to a couple of those coaches tonight. Uh, 15 past the hour, we'll have uh, Coach Carla Berry on uh, girls coach at McGill tulin talked to coach Barry uh, eight times in the last nine seasons that coach Barry has taken the team to the final four. Kelly.
1: She's done a phenomenal job and she's taking her expertise that she had as an assistant coach while she was an LSU women's assistant coach they went to four consecutive Final Fours. She was a part of that. She's taken that tradition to McGill-Tulin and been just as successful at McGill-Tulin. And it's amazing when you start looking at turning all over a roster a couple of times now. It's very similar to what you see Ann Schilling do in volleyball when you have that many new players come through a program and have that much success, kudos to the Lady Yellow Jackets.
0: Yeah, it's been been impressive. And you mentioned Coach Schilling and Bayside Academy. That kind of leads us into our guest at the bottom of the hour. We'll be joined by our first-year head coach for Bayside Academy, just named this past week, Barrett Trotter, former Auburn quarterback, Uh, he's spent some time up at Briarwood, his alma mater coming down to take over the Bayside program. And then before we get out of here tonight, we are going to catch up with coach Terry Canova, coach Canova over at UMS, his girls with a huge victory yesterday that will lead them into another final four, kind of a surprise, uh, for coach Canova in that group. But I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch that game. One of the things I want to ask him is, uh, Do do you have any boundaries that you can say, hey, that's too far out? Because when they were feeling in the first half, they're not afraid. They hadn't met a three-pointer they don't like, do they?
1: Brian, I can answer that for you. No. He has no boundaries. The Metter sisters have the green light. They go in, they get in the gym, and they work. These young ladies, I had an opportunity to coach them in the seventh grade, coach them to a seventh grade championship, and that group of young ladies, Noel Freeman, is the leader of that seventh grade team that i coach she's now a junior was your regional MVP? she has been injured and has not been able to play up until these last four or five games and coach had had her on a pitch count but you can see the dividends that where it made her other players step up in her absence and when she returned it was just the icing on the cake and the bulldogs have been able to get it done
0: and they have been playing lights out i mean they've they've You know, ranked seventh in that 4A, but in the last three games, they beat number six, number four, and number eight. So, uh, they are really kind of paving their way to this final four. And so, let's talk about the local teams that we will have in the final four next week, Corey. As you look at the schedule in 2A, St. Luke's boys getting it done. They will take on Mars Hill Bible that game on the 27th at 4 o'clock, and all these games being played in Birmingham. Uh, UMS girls playing Priceful on the 28th at 3. Uh, McGill boys, boy, a, a big win for them over Blunt. I hate when we have our local teams knock each other off. That that's always you know. But to go to a Final Four, um, uh, McGill boys have been playing so well, and they'll be playing uh, Buckhorn on the first at ten thirty. And that game is going to be preceded by uh, McGill taking on Hazel Green. That's a it's a rough draw. Five times state champions, five in a row, state champion Hazel Green.
1: Tim Miller is a Hall of Famer without question he has won state championships at three different schools and five in a row at hazel green they have definitely had a decade of dominance and losing their starting point guard to graduation now at alabama state you would think that when you lose your floor general you're going to take a step back not the case for hazel green and carla Berry, I love the fact that she's going to have an outstanding game plan and make Hazel Green earn it here in the Final Four game. And you mentioned St. Luke's; their boys, to me, were the surprise of the entire Mobile Baldwin County area, finding a way to get back to Birmingham because they're girls. The last couple of years, Coach Treywick went- coaches them both, and on a smaller classification school, you'll see that a lot of, but. Again, McGill-Tulin's boys finding a way to peak at the right time and get hot, and their non-area competition is what really has prepared them to be in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, you know, we've talked to a lot of coaches this year, and, and that's one of the things that's kind of been a theme that, that they really try to front-load that schedule, get themselves on the road a little bit, so that when it does come time to, if you make a Final Four or you're going up to Montgomery for a regional or wherever your regional may be, that getting on the road and doing those things, uh, you've done it before, and so it's not a it's not a new situation for you. You're used to traveling. Let me ask you this, Corey, because we talk about St. Luke's kind of being the surprise, I'm shocked that Cottage Hills not there. That was a, a, a tough loss by one for for those guys. What else stands out for you of, of teams that we thought that we'd be talking about tonight? Cottage Hill definitely losing. At the free throw line, and that's where,
1: again, you make your, hey, we had Williamson lose a regional opener because they missed free throw opportunities and a chance to seal and win the game. So free throws are critical at any point in time, and I thought that Cottage Hill would be the representative for this area. I felt that because Fairhope and Baker were split in regions now, I really thought that we would have an opportunity to see at least both of them on different sides of the brackets because it hasn't happened since McGill-Tulin played LaFleur to where you see two mobile teams play one another for all the marbles or even have an opportunity to play for a state championship, and that was back in the late 80s to where you saw McGill-Tulin and LaFleur battle one another in the state championship. So unfortunate that, again, Fairhope, Solomon Johnson, outstanding coach, young, bright, energetic. His team really played up to max ability, never quit, never gave up, played until the end, which is all you could ask for. And LeBaron Philon, the best basketball player in the state of Alabama, bar none, Mr. Basketball to me. They had a great game plan to find out a way to slow him down, and he just didn't have enough help when he needed it the most and they came up a little short as well.
0: Yeah, I thought that their are outside shooting the, the when when they were doubling up LeBaron and just, just they didn't have they just weren't on, and uh, and you know it's not an excuse but. Um if you've ever been to Garrett Coliseum, <laughs> it is there is no depth in that place. I can't imagine playing basketball. And listen, everybody had to play there, and that's where they play the regional. And I get it, but uh, but but Baker just did not have their night. I guess the great thing for David Armstrong is that 90% of that roster is coming back next year, and you're going to get another shot at it. And and if they're not in the Final Four, I'm shocked they're not in it this year. I will be. You know, just completely blown away if they're not there next year.
1: Yeah, I I think that if he stays healthy the way he was able to stay healthy this year. That's the biggest thing. Josh Flowers, will he be an early enrollee for football? Will he decide to play basketball next year? Because he was a a huge factor in what Coach Armstrong was able to accomplish. Will he decide to play basketball? So that's one of the biggest things, too, especially if he signs with one of these Power 5 schools coming out because sometimes kids decide they don't want to risk it, and sometimes they're early enrollees. So just with everything on paper that he has coming back, Baker is definitely probably going to be one of the favorites to get back to Birmingham. But Coach David Armstrong, he's energetic, he's passionate, he's pro-Baker, which is the way he should be. And I love the fact that you won't find anyone with any more school spirit and any more – more of an ambassador for in high school than David Armstrong is for Baker high school.
0: Yeah, he really is. And if you follow him on social media, it doesn't matter win, lose draw, he he's the first one. He's going to tell you what the score is, you know, be honest about what happened and, and, and kind of fill you in on things that are going on. He does love that program and loves his job. And it, it just kind of oozes through him as you, when you have conversations with him, I'd encourage anybody that if you, you know, if you get an opportunity to go to the final four, I think Birmingham does a great job with it. I know if you haven't been to the uh, Legacy Arena or BJCC back in my day when I lived in Birmingham, uh, it has really changed the last couple years with all the updates and and renovations that they've done, and I, I think you'll actually be up there a few days, won't you? Absolutely.
1: We'll be going up there on Monday after the final drive. And again, I will be having an opportunity to work a couple of the games here for a local a couple of our local programs. I know I will have Carla Barry's game against Hazel Green that will be played in the latter part of the week. But I'll be doing the AHSAA radio network work on Tuesday and Wednesday and be doing the public address announcing on friday and saturday so it'll be a week's worth of great high school action legacy arena it's a great remodeled environment and again you know I, i'm excited and i hate that a lot of ums right they made it one year ago the boys this year it's the girls and again ums right if if they don't struggle against shooting the way that they did they lost by two and went One of nine from the line against Escambia County. That's a stat that Jim Nagy was able to provide to me there. Free throws are so important. Not only in high school basketball, but you see it collegiately as well as in the pros. It's called free for a reason. And we'll see these high school teams with the depth perception of the regional sites that they just came from have an opportunity to adjust to the depth perception distances that are at Legacy Arena in Birmingham, Alabama as well.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the things that, you know, when the state started first kind of putting all these together and going to one site to do regionals, to do finals and stuff like that, I kind of had mixed feelings about it. And then you go to an event like that, especially when you watch some of these smaller schools walk into an arena. I mean, even like this year to watch football and watch those guys walk into Auburn Stadium, to Jordan-Hare, and then see the – You know, the marquee with with their reel in the front of it and and just watch their faces. Man, it's a joy to watch those folks crown it because it truly is the last amateur bastion of sports. Corey, I appreciate you sitting in with me. Stick around. I got Coach Carla Berry, McGill Tooley, Lady Yellow Jackets joining me after the break. Sports Radio 105.5. Welcome back into the Prep Spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pickskin Pete is traveling this week, so I'm trying to hold down the fort without him, and I appreciate Corey Labonte sticking around and talking a little basketball with me. And as we did that first segment, I went down and started looking at some notes, and I left uh, off my schedule for next week in the final four. Uh, the Lady Lions of Foley will be taking on Sparkman uh, Foley makes the final four, and they will take on Sparkman on the second of that game at noon. But right now, I'm going to be joined by Coach Carla Berry, McGill Tulane Yellow Jackets. Coach, how are you? I'm fine. And you? I'm doing great, Coach. I know you got to be excited about the way your young ladies played the other day and making a trip back to the final four.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I thought we uh, played a great defensive game. Anytime you can hold an opponent uh, under uh, 35 points. Uh, I would have liked to seen us uh, do a little bit better offensively, but I thought we made timely uh, shots, particularly in, in, uh, to get back in the game in the fourth quarter. Uh, with our defensive pressure, uh, and then uh, to uh, uh, seal the deal in uh, overtime.
0: Well, I, I want to tell you, Coach, as somebody who's had a child that's played against your defense, <laughs> and, I, and I've seen it firsthand, um, there's something about that pressure and, and the way that that, that uh, you and Coach Mike Big, just the, Corey and I were talking about it, just the the, the way that you guys coach, and the pressure you can put on another team, especially that half-court kind of uh, trapping press that you do, that just, uh, it, to me, it just gives you an edge about how hard your young ladies play in, in those particular instances.
2: Well, thank you, I, I would agree. I, I think some of it is uh, that we do it in a variety of ways. It's not just one uh, defense will give you different looks. Uh, Uh, And then, uh, you know, that pressure is predicated on our ability uh, to trap and and beat the ball to the next spot uh, in the rotation. Uh, But most of the credit should go to the kids. Uh, They have to buy in. Uh, It it takes a lot to commit to defense uh, because you expend a lot of energy uh, and you don't don't always get the credit for it. So I I think we've had some very uh, talented, smart uh, players that have bought into uh, creating offense on the defensive end of the floor and, and when you can do that, uh, then that certainly makes it difficult uh, for your opponent uh, to get in any uh, any uh, offensive rhythm uh, and so forth.
0: Well, and you talk about, I mean, defense definitely winning games. When you only have to score two baskets in overtime, and those are the only two baskets scored, that shows you what that defensive pressure can do. Lindsey Cox steps up and, and uh, scores the only two baskets in overtime that gives you the win uh, that's got to show you. A, I mean, what a great job Lindsay did. Thirteen point six steals on the night, but then only needing two two baskets to win a game in overtime. Uh, that that tells you where your defensive pressure was right there.
3: Yeah,
2: and I, if I'm not mistaken, those both of those uh, baskets were layups that were created off of uh, an offensive turnover. Excuse me, a defensive turnover. Uh, at least one of them for sure. I remember uh, precisely. Uh, and then another great thing about Lindsay is uh, one of the reasons why they're on two buckets, but we got that separation. And that was just enough. We needed uh, to put the ball in her hands and, and dribble out the clock. Uh, you know, if I let her, she could probably uh, dribble out the clock uh, for about five minutes or a whole quarter. Uh, she's just, a uh, and, and obviously, you know, she's uh, uh plays off of her teammates there, but she's just uh, as good as it gets uh, with the ball in her hands. And uh, we were able to, uh, uh, run a uh, uh, stall offense uh, and run the clock out. Uh, but a lot of, I would say this, probably our best defensive player, our pressure start uh, with uh, EC. We call it EC, is Emily Claire. Uh, but she's just outstanding defensively. Uh, she anticipates as well as any player that I've ever uh, coached uh, and, and gets a lot of deflections. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to get around her. Uh, so it kind of starts with her, and and, uh, and uh, she's been the catalyst for us.
0: And that's some high praise right there, Coach, because you've had some great players that have played f- – for you throughout the years and 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 for you to say that about that young lady says just leaps and bounds about where she is defensively and what she means to your team let's talk a little bit as well named mvp anna reed mcneese she finishes up with 12 points four rebounds and two steals i thought she she was really big for you in that win against theodore as well
4: okay so let me first
2: clarify uh, defense, because, you know, Rekha Berry is, is, sits on my bench, and she was uh, <laughs> uh, an incredible play. defensive player. I said she was the best at anticipation. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, there's different ways uh, you can be great on defense, uh, but she does anticipate quite well. But I've had the luxury of some great defensive players. Uh, but getting to Anna Reed, uh, one of the things uh, that makes her special is, is her versatility. Uh, she can uh, score in the paint. Uh, she can face the basket. She can play off the dribble. Uh, she can play uh, the five, four, three position, uh, and, and she shoots the ball really well. She's very efficient offensively and has a, a really good shot. Uh, but I, I think what separates us is when we can establish her in the paint. Uh, in both of our uh, regional games, uh, we got outscored in the paint in the first half, uh, uh, and more so. Uh, whether uh, you know, there's multiple ways you can get to the free throw line. You can get fouled, uh, dribble penetration. You can establish a post player. Uh, but at halftime of each of those games, I had a conversation with Anna Reed, uh, and we got committed to her uh, getting touches in the paint, uh, and, and we, we turned that stat around.
0: Well, Coach, you got a tough test coming up next week. Five-time defending champion Hazel Green. I know you've played them in the past. You guys have played them tough. What are you telling your team, as I know you, you wrapped up practice about an hour ago, um, as you get ready to go in and face, face a tough Hazel Green team?
2: Well, you got to have something to hang your hat on. And, and I had uh, uh, one of our coaches, and I do this every year, come in and talk to our, our, our uh, team. And uh, Coach Wood was up this year, and, and uh, she coined uh, the phrase, uh, pressure is privilege. Uh, she borrowed that from uh, Serena Williams, who got it from uh, uh, Billie Jean King. And so that has been our mantra. Uh, and so, you you, you know, you got to respect uh, your opponent, Hazel Green, as, as good as it gets. Uh, but there's a lot of good teams that are not still playing right now. We're one of those... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, team, so we've got to embrace the challenge. Uh, you've got to be poised under pressure. Uh, you've got to respect your opponent, but you've also got to respect who you are and what you do well, uh, and take the game plan to the floor. Uh, and so that's been something uh, that we've uh, we've talked about. Uh, you know, embracing the moment, uh, uh, regardless of, of adversity, uh, creating adversity for the other team, and embracing the challenge uh, and being able to compete uh, with anybody. And so I, I think our kids are, are ready. Uh, with all due respect to whoever our opponent is, uh, we've got to control what we can uh, and trust our training.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Coach, and I'm joined by Coach Carla Berry, McGill-Tulin, Yellow Jackets, ladies coach. And, and, Coach, you know, you and I have been around Mobile for a while, and we've seen how it seems like there are more and more girls AAU teams around now, and and you're starting to see – I mean, we, we have – Three out of the seven classifications, we have teams in the final four. Uh, have you just And then, like, we're turning on TV the other night and watching South Carolina and LSU and how the women's game is just growing and growing. Do you feel that kind of explosion just taking off on the Gulf Coast as, as we, we see the, these teams kind of getting better and better down on the coast?
2: Yeah, I think the more uh, opportunity there is, the, the more good coaches, uh, whether it be on the high school level where it starts, Uh, And then, obviously, uh, when you can also get good coaching and opportunities uh, uh, on a club level, AAU level, that means, uh, you know, girls are playing more often, uh, playing at an earlier age. Uh, They're getting trained with uh, basic fundamentals uh, early in their basketball career, and that translates uh, into uh, building good habits that that, that carry over uh, as they matriculate in their basketball career. Uh, So I do, I, I, I think the more they can play, the earlier they can play, uh, particularly if they're being uh, taught to play the game the right way and challenged, uh, not just to be to play to their strengths, uh, but to embrace uh, things that they need to get better at and find ways uh, to do so, uh, to develop. And that, that is not only going to help uh, players individually, it's going to cultivate better teams, uh, better competition in the area.
0: Well, as, as those teams are getting better, you're getting ready to go to your eighth time and nine season in the Final Four. Coach Carla Berry, we wish you and the Lady Yellow Jackets all the best of luck next week, and we'll be watching you and hopefully talking to you again soon. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Coach. Hey, stick around. Barrett Trotter, the new football coach for Bayside Academy, will join us here after the break. Sports Radio 105.5.
2: Cordell. Divorce can be complicated, especially if children are involved. If you're a father and want to protect your role in your children's lives, remember Cordell and Cordell. We've helped men with matters
3: like these for 30 years, and we'd love to help you. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers.
0: Welcome back to the Prep Spotlight on WNSP, your source for high school sports. Now it's time to keep up with the Joneses as we take a look at some of our former Mobile and Baldwin County athletes who are now making the spotlight on the next level. Brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Now, back to Brian Gennard and Pigskin Pete. Welcome back into the Prep Spotlight. Brian Gennard here, Pigskin Pete traveling this evening michael Bronner joining me and uh producing and keeping me in line in the other room and and as we do michael uh, every night we talk a little bit about former athletes that have gone on and keeping up with the joneses and since pigskin's not here um i will jump in and do mine and then we will See if uh, Bronner's got one for us as well. My my pick for keeping up with the Joneses tonight: Mobile native John Mitchell. John Mitchell uh, went to Williamson and then was the actually the first black player for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And John had a 50-year coaching career after that. John went on, and uh, he has spent the last 29 seasons on the coaching staff for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's been inducted to the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame, the Mobile Sports Hall of Fame, and John Mitchell, former Williamson line, uh, retiring with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What about you, Mr. Bronner?
1: NFL. And then (laughs) – had a ridiculous comeback win for the St. Louis Battle Hawks. I mean, they, I mean, there's just some special rules in the XFL to. to that probably wouldn't have happened in the NFL or college football, but he was able to go for three and then go for it on fourth and fifteen instead of kicking an onside kick, and uh, so AJ McCarron's able to get it done and and lead a lead a crazy comeback victory. He was 18 of 26, almost 200 yards, and threw two touchdowns, no picks. So uh, St. Paul's uh, alumni and Alabama quarterback
3: AJ McCarron.
0: Yeah, good to see him back after that knee injury, and it was fun to watch. And like you said, I, I, I was wondering how you're going to put that, but the special rules that allow you to make a comeback like that well
1: I would be I got it. I had to throw it in there it's no, part of the chart. Tri- I'm with you because no. when
0: I when I started reading it at first I was like wait a minute you can't come back from yeah but the math yeah, didn't add up but it did when you're playing XFL hey we, we you know we're going to bring in a, a former Auburn quarterback here as we we start talking Alabama football players uh, Barrett Trotter uh, the new head football coach at Bayside Academy uh, Barrett how are you
4: Hey, guys, I'm doing
0: good. Good. Hey, sorry, we're you know, we, 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 we're talking Alabama quarterbacks, and I didn't even think about, you know, uh, keeping up with the Joneses, <laughs> and and here we are introducing a, a former Auburn quarterback. But uh, we're excited to have you on the Gulf Coast and uh, excited for you to get down here and take over that Bayside Academy job. And And I know that with them being out of school this week, um that kind of delayed a little bit just wanted to to see what your timeline is for getting down here on the gulf coast
4: man i appreciate you guys having me on yeah for a second there i was thinking man they're just really trying to rub that old state <laughs> championship game back in my face with with me and aj and the oh, Broncos, yeah, i St. forgot Balls about that and then the you know the iron bowl matchups um but uh I, i'm i am planning to be down there uh, on campus on monday and then still getting some things worked out but planning on being there full-time you know that next week uh, but going to be back and forth for just a little bit uh trying to get some things moved and all the things that go along with that
0: well gotcha well you're currently at briarwood and it's funny like you said your alma mater briarwood and and now you're coming to your your wife's alma mater in bayside uh you that's, know that's right yeah it's, it's kind of funny how life works out isn't it but uh you know, you've, uh, you've had to have, have really, as, as you look at your playing career at Briarwood, and then also I think you had the opportunity to work a little bit with Fred Yancey, uh, you, you've got to be taking some stuff away uh, from your former coach and, and kind of mentor um, that, that you've got to be looking forward to putting into action here uh, in your first head coaching job.
4: Absolutely. I mean, uh, Coach Yancey, incredible guy. Uh, incredible coach we actually we're doing We're well, since I'm still at Briarwood at least tomorrow we still do uh, Friday morning coaches Bible studies with Coach Yancy who comes in and leads them now and um, you know it's just it's an incredible incredible opportunity to be down at Bayside and um, you know I've had the opportunity to be around some amazing coaches um, played for them coached with them um, from high school all the way up and um, I, I'm pumped for the opportunity and and uh, pumped for for Bayside and thankful to be a part of it.
0: Well, let me ask you this: because if you if you once you get in here, I'm sure you know you're going to have your first meeting with your team. And as you get into a situation where you're at a school that's the size of Bayside Academy, you start looking at athletes who who uh, a lot of two sport folks, maybe even three sports and more. You know, and so it's going to be baseball season. Have you really kind of started? Doing some planning and, and looking at what the spring looks like for you, or is that something that maybe we try to add some extra days on in August and 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 bypass the spring game just based on numbers and who may be playing other sports? Or have we gotten that far down the road yet since we've been hired?
4: Yeah, so I know we're still we're going to have spring practice. Absolutely, I want to get with those guys and get them on the field as soon as I can. Um, I, I'm I'm fired up and ready to get started. So I, I definitely don't want to just you know, kind of wait and drag it out and wait for, you know, an extra week you get in fall camp. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have a spring practice. All the details and all those things, we're still working out and trying to figure out um, kind of the timeline and dates, uh, what that exactly will look like. Um, but I, I know those if those kids are half as excited to get started as I am, they, they wouldn't let me not have spring practice.
0: As a former quarterback, too, how how important are seven-on-sevens Especially, I would think, too, as you were looking for your quarterback and your skill receivers and and players on that side of the ball, uh, will that be a pretty big emphasis for you this summer as well?
4: Yeah, anytime you can take reps um, as a quarterback, especially in seven-on-seven, you're working on your decision-making. You're learning how just to develop through those reads and learning how to get through coverages quicker and identifying coverages and getting used to your receivers, receivers getting used to running the routes, learning the concepts. Um, so they're definitely advantageous, uh, something we're, we're certainly going to take advantage of, but knowing at the same time that it's also not real football. Uh, those things don't always translate exactly like you think they might, but all those reps are, are extremely important um, and, and something we'll, we'll absolutely be doing.
0: And talking to Barrett Trotter, new head football coach at Bayside Academy, coach and you say it's not real football and it's so funny cuz i always love when people are like yeah man we went 8 and 1 at uh you know this camp over here doing 7 on 7 and it's like okay well let let's i'm with you how is that going to translate over but the more you can get uh like you said those reps in and especially as you get in uh, base i had a lot of young players last year and, and so you're coming into a situation where i think you're going to have a uh, some younger players that already have a lot of experience but still have that opportunity to grow and i would think that summertime would be invaluable for them
4: oh absolutely i mean the anytime you're learning the new system, um, I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of growing pains with that. You know, those kids are going to have to put in the time and the work, and then we as coaches are going to have to put in the time and the work and make sure that we're teaching things um, the way that's conducive for our players and the way it needs to be taught. And and um, you know, not everybody learns the exact same way. Um, and just making sure that within our system uh, that everything makes sense and can build on itself and. Um, you know, being being all the places that I've been, I've learned a ton of different systems and a ton of different ways to do everything that there is in football. But having stuff that makes sense, that builds on itself, um, that works within different families and formation families and concept families and being, being able to teach things through that method um, where it all makes sense together rather than just throwing a bunch of stuff at the players and saying, here you go, learn it. Um, you know, being able to teach things the right way uh, early on, especially when it's brand new, is is really big for those guys just to help them learn. Well,
0: and you just said something there too, and especially as you're dealing with high school kids. Y- you've been at at every level as a player, and and also in coaching. I mean, you you know you've done the stints with with Auburn and and I with, I, with the Rams, I believe as well, and then and then back yep. into high school. It, to me, high school is the last pure form of of our sport that we all – you know, in any sport that, that we love. Is that really kind of what drew you back to high school or, or, or why is it that, that you decided to, to come this route as opposed to staying in the NFL or, or coaching someplace different?
4: Oh, man, I've enjoyed all my time at all the different levels. I'm so thankful I was able to spend time in the NFL – Uh, time back at Auburn as a coach, um, and just learn so much. You know, as soon as you think you know football, you go to the NFL and you realize, wow, you know, (laughs) there's still a lot to learn. And then those guys looking at how you've just seen this NFL game change into more RPOs. I mean, you watch the the Super Bowl and it's like two runs. I mean, constantly with Jalen Hurts. I mean, the game is slowly, it kind of ebbs and flows between New stuff working its way from high school to college to the n f l and then guys that have been doing stuff in the n f l that you know has almost kind of stayed in the n f l for a period of time and it slowly started to work its way down um through through different coaches and um you know there it's a different game it's a different world uh now uh in high school football even than when I was playing I feel like it's it's much more advanced um and it's it's a heck of a lot of fun that's that's really one of the reasons I'm so thankful to be back in high school football, um, and and you know time with your family um, is is something that comes at a premium, and you'll you won't hear a college coach that that would tell you you know he, he gets too much time with his family, um, and the same thing in the NFL they they've drugged these seasons on longer and longer it seems like, and playoffs now in college, um, and so to be to be still doing what you love and coaching uh, football and coaching at a high level and being able to have that time with family and, and still be able to do the things that are important to you is, is just something that I think makes high school football exactly what it is.
0: Well, and I, and I love where you are too. I, you know, it's, it's a great place to go watch a game. It's a, a great neighborhood atmosphere and that stadium and you can walk out the back door and, and go to your, your stadium. So I'm sure you're chomping at the bit to get to a Friday night where where you can uh, quit talking and line them up and and play your first game as a head coach.
4: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Well, you know, I I did listen to an interview that you had earlier, and one of the things I do want to ask you, I know we're talking Bayside football, but I just want to say or ask you this question about the transfer portal. Uh, just the, your thoughts on. W- because when cam newton came in and you were at auburn i think you were a red shirt junior and, and probably getting ready to think that hey this is my starting role and then a cam newton comes in but you stayed and worked and and took over as a, as the quarterback uh that next year uh, your thoughts on the transfer portal and, and how quick guys are just to jump into it and off to the next and not compete for positions
4: Yeah, you know, I know it's kind of a different world with with really even how much more the transfer portal has opened up and the NILs kind of changed that whole dynamic. Um, You know, it's just different. But where my mentality was as a player was, this is the place I want to play. I'm going to put in the work. You know, I want to be great here. Uh, There wasn't really a time where it was, you know, Cam Newton's going to come in and, um, you know, you're never going to play. It was just... You know, I don't care who he is. You know, I want to work and fight for a spot. Um, you know, everybody knows Cam Newton now, and you know the name. When he came in, I mean, we knew who he was, but he, he hadn't won the Heisman Trophy yet, you know. Yeah. And uh, But to be able to play with guys who are great also makes you great. Uh, you know, I, I I some of these guys who are bouncing from team to team to team, they're losing, the, they're losing what's great about the game, which is not just what's on the field, but also the people that you're with, the coaches that you have, the school that you're playing for, the community and the fans you're surrounded by. You know, there's a lot more to the game than just saying, well, I'm not starting this year and I'm transferring, or I think I can go here and, and get this or do that. Um, you know, being more invested in, in the team, in your coaches, in the, in the place you're playing when it means something to you, and Auburn meant something to me, um, you know, and some somewhere I'm proud to have played and, and have great relationships with coaches and players that, that I got to be around for all those years. And, you know, those those things wouldn't have happened if I had just said, well, I'm just going to transfer and move to the next place. So, I love it. I, know,
0: I, I love um, that you stuck, it, stuck it, out. it out. Yeah, I am too, Coach, and I'm, I know it's going to translate over your first year of coaching with Bayside. Hey, best of luck to you, Coach Trotter. We'll catch up with you during the season. Thanks for your time.
4: All right, we'll see you guys. All right, we'll be right
0: back with Coach Terry Canova, UMS Girls Basketball.
1: Join me, Tony Ruggiero.
0: Welcome back into to the Prep Spotlight. This is Brian Gennard. Pickskin Pete has the night off. And, uh, man, I'm going to take a second to thank our guests so far tonight, Coach Carla Barry from McGill-Tulin Lady Yellow Jackets. And we just had a really great conversation with first-year head coach getting ready to start over at Bayside Academy, Barrett Trotter. And um, as we take a look at our final four next week, Mobile will be well-represented in the 2A with St. Luke's boys, 4A UMS girls, 6A girls McGill for McGill playing Hazel Green. The boys from McGill taking on Buckhorn. And then also 7A girls Foley. But right now we're going to be joined by UMS Bulldogs head girls basketball coach Terry Canova. Coach, how are you?
3: Man, I am wonderful. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, Coach, uh, excited you're on with us. And congratulations on making the Final Four. My first question, do you ever say... You're too far out to shoot a three-pointer or just let them rip?
3: <laughs> well, uh, you know what? I, I, sometimes I think we shoot them a little too deep, but then I watched Deschler play today, and so uh, so we don't shoot them nearly as deep as they do sometimes. So, uh, hey, hey, you know, it's one of those deals of, if they're feeling it, hey, let it
0: fly, man. Well, they were letting it fly against Jackson. And in that first half, they were falling because there were a couple of times you you took a couple of steps over half court and the ball, and as soon as they let go, I'm kind of like going, ooh, and then they're like, oh, okay, it went in. Yeah, so, <laughs> but, you know, I love that. I love that when they were feeling it, and even the second half, when things didn't seem like they were falling for you like they were the first half, uh, they they shot through it. To me, and then the other thing is, if we miss, boy, I, you guys were all over the boards, uh, chasing down some of those long rebounds.
3: Well, yeah, Brian, you know we, we got good shooters, and and it's one of those deals, man. We, we did go through, through a little slump there in the second half, you know, but but I, I think they were all good looks, you know, and 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 our kids, man, we we've, we've been through thirty-five games together, and I and I trust them. And I trust them in those situations, and and uh, or when we needed one late, uh, Elizabeth Mehta sure gave us
0: one. Boy, she really did, and I, I I was so impressed with just, you know, you you said it in the article, and you were talking about that young lady. I mean, she's five eight. And you put her up against a six three, probably you know next level SEC player, and I thought Elizabeth just really not only held her own, but just played lights out for you.
3: Well, I, I don't know if she if she took three charges or four, or she got credit for three, but yes, yeah, she does that on one end of the floor for us. Then on the other end, she makes three threes. Like we said, one of them was, was the one that put us ahead for good. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous senior force. That's just she's blue collar man. She does everything we ask.
0: And it seems like your whole team's that way to me. I mean, watching you guys play, and then and watching that Jackson game. There's nobody that that just everybody seems to kind of uh, just, uh, just. I mean, it's just, just hard to explain. Not I wouldn't want to say know their role, but I guess they do. And and you move the ball around so well. I mean, you got shot almost forty percent from the field and thirty five percent from three. And and like you said in the second half when it wasn't going, it didn't seem like they got discouraged. They just worked themselves right through it.
3: You know uh, a good friend of mine, Mark Godfrey, who all you guys are familiar with. He he he's followed us all year. He's a dear friend, and he had a chance to watch us play earlier. and And he called me last night after the game, and 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 he said, Terry, he said, if the Lakers were as unselfish as you guys <laughs> are, they couldn't be beat. And I, I laughed it off. And he goes, he goes, no, I, I, he goes, I am one hundred percent serious. He goes. If the Lakers was unselfish as your team, they would never be beaten. And 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 I think that's what sums us up, man. They they, they play for each other. They're unselfish, and 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 they just c- committed to to our program, to our school, and to one another.
0: And you could tell it. I mean, because when you and even the times when when you're you know, three balls not going in, but the drive and then the just. Nice little dish off for the layups we're going in. It was just – it was fun to watch. You got Priceville coming up on Tuesday um, in a Final Four. I mean, you ranked seven. Last three games you beat number six, number four, and number eight. You got to be excited about what your young ladies are doing. What does that game against Priceville look like coming up next week? You know, it's just –
3: but it's just taking one game at a time. We're going to – me and my staff—we're going to do everything in our power to put our kids in the right position, and 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 I and I know for a fact that they're going to go out there and give everything you got. Uh, w- we do that. We do that every night. We don't always win, but but for goodness sake, we've won thirty times this year. So so I, you know, I, I like my chances anytime we put our team on the floor.
0: Well, you should with with Elizabeth Matter, Noel Freeman, or I'm sorry, Noel Freeman and uh, Amelia Matter as well. You got to be excited about what those young ladies bring to you, and just like you said, how hard they play, but then how unselfish they play as well.
3: well. Well, Brian, we got the the queen of magma on our team for the last three games. That young lady, we had to work our schedule around her. She did everything she could possibly do. She she, she and 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 I, I'm talking about our point guard Bailey Washington and got on the floor in all three of those games having limited practice and and just let our team and and i i can go down our roster and, and and just give give a give a story about all of them i mean they're just a special special group man I, and I, lo- I love these guys i want to keep this thing going for them
0: well we're, we're excited for you coach i know it's a short segment but i wanted to make sure we got you on because i was excited watching that game against jackson and and love what you and your team are doing, and, and we'll all be tuned in on Tuesday keeping up with you, and best of luck uh, as you get to that Final Four up there in Birmingham.
3: Brian, I really appreciate you having us, man. Yes, thank sir.
0: Thank you. That was UMS Lady Bulldogs head coach Terry Canova joining us. And uh, like I said, they'll play priceful Tuesday, 3 o'clock in the Final Four. I want to thank Michael Bronner tonight for his help, Corey Labounty for sticking around, and – Joining me in that first segment, Coach Carla Berry for the Lady Yellow Jackets at McGill, also Coach Barrett Trotter. We'll be back next week. Prep Spotlight on WNSP 105.5.